Hello, and once again, welcome to this series of podcasts based on the book, Praying with Passion, Grounded in Obedience. I'm your host, Albert McKegg. As I've mentioned, the book is available on Amazon.com and other Christian book dealers in both digital and bound formats. I encourage you to get the book. There's a funny story about an old sailor who was assigned to an old and beat-up freighter. He was a mechanic and didn't ever seem to do any work. He hung out in his small cabin all the time and didn't seem to have much of a job. Every once in a while, though, the old steam boilers in the engine room of the freighter would malfunction and the old sailor would be called down to the engine room. He would look around, listen, feel for the vibrations, and ponder the situation for a moment. Then he would get a big hammer, take a whack on the boilers, and suddenly they would get back to work as designed. The key was that the old sailor knew just where to whack the engine. He knew the mechanics to make it work. He didn't have to spend hours and hours on the job. He was simply effective with his efforts. I think that's what the mechanics of prayer does. We don't necessarily have to be busy at it every waking moment, even though we should have a regular prayer life. We just have to know how prayer works. Before we get started in this section, let's review a little of what we talked about in the last session. Prayer is that gift from God that is second only to our salvation and the Bible in importance to our Christian lives. Aside from those two things, prayer is the greatest blessing God has given us. Through prayer, we have a direct connection to Almighty God and access to all the wisdom, power, and love in the universe. In the first parts of our study, we laid a foundation for prayer and addressed the three fundamentals of prayer that every Christian must recognize and practice before we will see affirmative answers to our prayers, before we will get that joy back into our prayer life, and before we will have passion in our prayers. If you haven't listened to the first podcast in this series, I encourage you to go back now and catch up. While each session can stand on its own, the building block approach I'm using will be much more understandable if you've listened to the first few sessions. Be sure to follow me on your favorite podcast platform so that you won't miss any future sessions as well. Moving forward with our review from last time, the three fundamentals of prayer are faith, love, and forgiveness. Each of those fundamentals is backed by or authored by one of the elements of the Godhead of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Having covered those three fundamentals in the last couple of sessions, let's look at what I call the mechanics of prayer. First, we have the question, what is prayer? That seems like a simple question. Prayer is being personally involved in direct communications with God in an intimate way, not just talking to or thinking about God. God created prayer as a way for us to connect with Him, to communicate with Him, to hear from Him, and to be in close touch with Him. God invented prayer as a means of His communicating with us and our communicating with Him. Prayer is a reverent, two-way conversation with Almighty God. I want to emphasize that it's two-way. While God wants to hear from you, He also wants you to hear from Him. He's deeply interested in you and what troubles you. He also wants to hear from you when things are going well and when you feel good. He wants to hear you laugh and sing about what He's doing in your life. God wants to hear our praise of Him and our thanks to Him for the blessings He has poured out on us and on our families. That's why we sing to Him and spend all that time in church doing music. It's called praise and worship for a reason. It's not for our entertainment, even though we may enjoy it. God wants to see you full of joy and feeling good. 
God wants our time with Him to be a wonderful, personal, engaging, two-way conversation and communication. In saying that, I have to ask, is your prayer life really a conversation with God, or do you do all the talking? I know this podcast is one way, but if I were personally with you, having a conversation with you, and I didn't let you say anything at all, if I did all the talking, I don't think you would like that kind of conversation. That would be a lecture or a presentation of some kind. It would be very much like this podcast, where you don't get to join in except through the comments section after the podcast is done. I think it's the same with God. You have to let God talk to you for it to be a conversation. You have to listen at least as much as you speak for it to be a conversation. So with that, when was the last time you really truly heard from God or heard him speak directly to you? And I don't mean hearing an audible voice like Paul heard on the road to Damascus. But when was the last time you knew in your heart that God was speaking directly to you and focusing on you personally? When was the last time you were moved to do something by your hearing from God? If you can't give a positive answer to those questions, don't despair. That's one of the reasons you're in this study, to build a better, more complete prayer life. And so let's do that. As part of our study in the mechanics of prayer, we need to know first how God speaks to us. While there are several ways, clearly the primary, always true word of God is heard by us through the Bible. God also speaks through the Holy Spirit, and we have more to say on that later. Written commentary by Christian writers is another way God speaks, as is the spoken word by preachers and teachers, or through podcasts such as this. That's why when we consider the scriptural offices of the church, we see there are apostles, prophets, and teachers, as well as evangelists and shepherds. We have people who speak God's word to us, and God very much intended for it to be that way. However, we know the Bible remains our primary resource for hearing God's Word. While we know the truth of the Bible, it's also clear that from time to time we may need help in making application of its words. That's where the apostles, prophets, and teachers come in. And as a warning, always be careful about where you get your information or who you listen to. There is a lot of incomplete or misstated information out there, and the Bible gave us the word on how to deal with that. In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6, the, the Apostle Paul said in dealing with conflicting messages being preached to early believers, it said this, Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things, meaning the true teachings of Jesus, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over against the other. So compare what you hear and read in your Christian studies with what the Bible says, even those lessons that I'm teaching. My son, Pastor Don McKaig, calls this biblical competence, and I agree that biblical competence is essential to understanding spiritual concepts and hearing the true Word of God. If you're not listening to God through reading our Bible, we may not understand what God is saying to us through other sources, or if what we're learning is truly from God. Then, when we're, when we're in our prayer time, or frankly just in our daily living, we may miss the application of the information God has already given us. Application, or how we apply and use the information, is essential to living a Christian life. An application comes through God's Word. The Bible illuminates and shines a bright light on what we deal with in our prayer life, 
and in our everyday life. As God speaks to us through the Bible, the solutions to those issues we have in life may become more clear. We may find more peace about our decisions. That leads us into the other primary way in which God speaks to us, and that is through the Holy Spirit. There is always a need for guidance from the Holy Spirit on how to apply God's Word. Some folks, and even some churches, don't spend a lot of time talking and teaching about the movement and voice of the Holy Spirit. There are many reasons for that, and one reason, I think, is that there is something intangible regarding a relationship or a dependency on the Holy Spirit. We know in our minds what the Bible says about Him. However, we have a difficult time relating directly with that person of the Godhead. The holy being of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is a concept that is sometimes hard to wrap our minds around. But there is a oneness in God that is revealed in the nature of God through each of the parts of the Trinity, and that can be a difficult concept. The Holy Spirit is so much more than a dove descending from heaven or tongues of fire dancing on the heads of believers at Pentecost. Those are merely evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit. When we are in a right relationship with God, we will find that the Holy Spirit does the work of communicating to us what God wants us to hear in our lives and what God wants us to do. That connection to hear what God the Father is saying through the Holy Spirit of God is established through prayer. When we are in that right relationship with God that comes through prayer, the guidance we receive is in all likelihood the Holy Spirit speaking to us. As you develop your relationship with God through prayer, I think you will find it easier and easier to discern the guiding and leading by the Holy Spirit in your life. It will become tangible and something you can identify, something you can actually feel. Also, in your prayer time, you may find yourself at a loss of what to pray for concerning an individual or a need you know must be met. You know someone needs help, but you don't know the best way to do it. For example, I may not know what my son Donald needs in his ministry, but I know I can rely on the Holy Spirit to guide me in my prayer so that I can still ask that blessings be poured out on my son. Romans 8 verse 26 addresses that. It says this, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Now don't put more into that verse than what it says. I don't intend this to mean that we should all seek to pray in tongues as that verse is often used in some circles, but we should turn our conscious thoughts over to the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you pray in tongues, well, as Paul said, good for you. We don't spend a lot of time in our mainstream churches talking about praying in tongues, and I'm not going to do that here. I don't think you have to pray in tongues to pray to the Holy Spirit. Frankly, I believe tongues is usually for our private edification, not edification of the body, but that's a topic for another day. However, if we trust in the words of the Bible, we know the Holy Spirit is our truth teller, our comforter, our counselor, our guide, our helper, and our protector. Those are all descriptions of the Holy Spirit as found in the Bible. John 16, 13 talks about the Holy Spirit. It says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. In His role as truth teller, the Holy Spirit hears the direct Word of God the Father and tells us that truth. Then when we listen for the Holy Spirit during our time of prayer, we will receive the direct Word of God through Him. And that Word is true and totally reliable. That is the essence of submitting our thoughts to the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
Earlier, I talked about prayer being a two-way conversation with God where we talk, but we also listen to God. Taking the lessons from both Romans 8.26 and John 16.13, we see that our communication with the Holy Spirit is also part of that two-way personal communication personal conversation in which our prayers go to the Father and the Father's Word comes back to us through the Holy Spirit. Remember that God invented prayer as a means of His communicating with us and our communicating with Him. If you're not getting results from our prayers and if we're not hearing from God, if we're not getting guidance from the Holy Spirit, the communication breakdown is on our end, not God's. When we understand and trust in God's Word, there is no doubt in my mind that God will clarify, illuminate, supplement, and expand the information we already have. That is the application process of God's Word. I do believe, however, that God does expect some effort on our part first, and that effort is both in reading the Bible and having a meaningful prayer life, and add to that listening for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to study on this and think about this concept in your relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. Find out what His role is and depend on guidance from the Holy Spirit. Next time, as we continue to work on the mechanics of prayer, we will look at the masters of prayer. By masters of prayer, I mean those men and women of the Bible who were obviously connected to God through their prayer lives. And because of that connection, there were great works of the Holy Spirit being done and recorded in Scripture by and through those people. I think of the old sailor. He was a master at what he did, and it was effective. Also, we will take a thorough look at the Lord's Prayer, also called the Model Prayer, and how it applies to the study of the, of the mechanics of prayer. If you can, read chapters 3 and 4 of the book, but don't read too far ahead, though, and I'll see you next time. Until then, may God bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and give you peace.